are in week five of our course. You guys have been doing excellent. We only have one week after this week, so we are nearing the end of the course. It has been excellent for sure. You guys just have awesome ideas and you're really supporting each other on expanding those ideas. So with location-based services, we first talked about the technology behind that and then how that technology is being in, used in today's world. But then looking at the educational value of it, we started looking at kind of game-based apps per se. And the, a couple apps were no longer being supported or had merged into something else. So I wanna let you know up front that I did go in and already make adjust, adjustments to the page, added a bunch of new games, some of them you guys have found, and then after I went searching to find replacements for the older ones, I, I found a lot of new games too. So make sure you go back in and you take a look at those. We'll talk about a few of them here, but there's a brand new list. So even if you've completed the assignment, you may still wanna go back in and take a peek and see if there's something else there that would be appropriate for your class. So starting off with this week, Alex did try out the story app and this is the story app where instead of an O it is spelled with a Q and experience the activated audio based on location. So with this app, the opportunities to test the app out were limited in uh, your area for Virginia, but a couple people played and checked it out anyways. And they uh, discovered that even though the app wasn't 100% loading when they got to the location, Alex had the audio automatically activate and pop up when they got to the location. Now, I think the beauty behind that this one is there's not a lot of stories created for your area but you're able to build them. It's an application where you could have students build a story that other students can experience or you could actually build one. So don't let the fact that it's limited in our area because it tends to be more of an international app overseas, um, create something. Rick discovered Jurassic Live or Jurassic World Live and enjoyed playing it for about 20 minutes. And he said that was about enough for him. I'm kind of excited to take my six year old out that's had an interest in dinosaurs recently. I think he might be able to play more than 20 minutes, but who knows, maybe not. And then he's also interested in exploring Goose Chase more. Laura looked and played with Smart Guide Tour of Frederick, Maryland. And I think the best thing, or one of the ideas that came out of using Smart Guides with students is it's good for a scavenger hunt. So if you wanna send students on a scavenger hunt around a particular area, a historical area, a local area, then the um, guides are good for that. They're also great if you're traveling. So if you know students will be traveling in advance and you want to say, hey, check out the smart guides and you know their family can go and maybe see things they wouldn't have seen otherwise. Luke looked at Eris and science. So Eris is used to create a role-playing type game for students and you can create and build whatever you want to in this application. So it, it is a opportunity to create, have students create. But in this particular game, the students acted as an environmentalist and the students would do quad, quadrant analysis to get a measure of plant abundance as far as 
around their school building or maybe if we're working online, maybe around their home community. Could be a park. Bethany was looking at smart guides also and figured she could help students read and hear the history about various points of interest while viewing the locations on a map. So even if students are not physically at the location, smart guides can still be used for students to learn more about a particular area. So once again, even if you're not out and about, or even if it's in, um, somewhere far, far away, you can still have students go in and learn more from the guides. The guides will read audio to the students and typically ha have a picture. So students could still learn, not quite feel like they're there, but just get a different type of uh, learning experience instead of just reading something in a textbook. Amanda and Laura added these audio tours might be great for distance learning or virtual tours for students. So think about that. It could be a nice little add-on or complement activity as we're, most of us are probably starting up with 100% online or some form of distance learning for this fall semester with our students. Melody checked out Turf Hunt. I think she was the only one that actually really looked into Turf Hunt and found that it was really good for team building and discovering new adventures. So if you want to, you could check that one out for adding, to add a team building component. Goose Chase is also good for that. And I think we talk a little bit more about Goose Chase. Uh, she also, Melody also looked at Eris and it built interactions interactive stories or a game. So you can make it into where it's interactive. You can make it a game where students are competing, but this app allows students to complete quests, collect items. Uh, the really neat part is you get to create characters so they can talk to vir virtual characters based on a story or a theme. And she, Melody did discover that the examples they gave were way too complex for her students. But keep in mind that this is a game that can be built for any age and you, you can determine what content goes in there. The tricky part from the teacher perspective is having the time to build that game. That's always the hard part for me. I have plenty of ideas. I just need a team of people behind me. I could build all, kind, all sort of games and I'm sure you all feel the same. So Goose Chase is a scavenger hunt and Melody was looking at it for a back to school activity. And if students happen to be working online, then they could take pictures around their home during distance learning. I did one of these previously, and it was not that we were stuck learning and teaching online, but we were actually teaching online. It was an online course. And this is a way that I introduced team building in an online environment, and then also had students learning content at the same time and put it into a game format so they were competing. But with my course, it was centered around technology and the introduction to computer information systems. We had different topics, you know, one's ergonomics, what is your desk space like at home, your computer. So students would actually take a picture of their space and then provide an evaluation, you know, just an initial evaluation of what changes could they make to make a, a better space to sit and work and study. Then there were other things, old technology. So we would do like the history of technology, some of the older technology to newer technology. So we had students taking pictures of old technology versus a new technology. But there's different ways you can incorporate that into your course. And like I said, you can put them into groups. Goose Chase is free to a certain extent for K-12 teachers. 
check that out. It's actually a good tool. It's also not very expensive to pay for it, to actually use it. Uh, I want to say it's under $200. We've used it in the past for professional development of teachers. We like to do it with those orientation days or back to campus days. And we have them participating in different activities and meeting different people on campus through the actual goose chase. They call it a scavenger hunt. I actually like to call it mission-based. Maybe it's just the way I design my games. It's more mission-based where they have to go uh, talk to somebody, find something, and then they take a picture or video as evidence that they completed it. Allie also checked out Goose Chase Scavenger Hunt, and she has used it in the past for their cross-country team. Some of the activities they did while they're, if you know anything about cross-country, you're normally putting in pretty long miles. As they run around their community, they're looking for sold signs on a home. And then license plate, the, uh, whoever could get a picture of the license plate was that was the furthest away from their state. So just different ways. A new app I had not heard about, so you guys uh, shared that with me, and it sounds like a couple other teachers knew about it, and others, like me, clueless. So there is the Literati. This is a app where you record trash. So as you pick up trash that you find, you record it, and then you challenge another person to find trash to pick up. You can share stories. There's data behind the app because then you can actually use the data that's gathered and present that at meetings, community activities, whatever it is, in order to try to influence, you know, does a new trash can need to go somewhere or, Littering has really increased and the community needs to do something about it, but just really cool. And then I forget, I don't know if it was Allie or someone else mentioned that you could also possibly use the information in connection with the GIS mapping activities. I know one of our, um, I know of an instructor, I can't recall who, that used GIS mapping software where they mapped roadkill. And then what they found was that the road, the places with the most roadkill happened to be close to dumpsters or trash bins where people were able to go and dump their trash. So look for opportunities there to make that connection or to expand the lesson beyond just Literati app. Mike created a goose chase for his wife around the house for hands-on practice of the goose chase app. <laughs> I just love the creativity of this group. Uh, you know, since they were not able to get out and about, he decided to create uh, a little goose chase scavenger hunt for his wife around the house. And thank you to your wife for participating and playing along and giving you feedback. Because now he's got some of that hands-on experience and you can uh, have an idea of how to create an interesting game or scavenger hunt for your students. That is it for this week's update. I wanted to give you a couple more. I did the uh, summary, week four summary, really early in the week last week. So we've got a couple additional ideas that were shared by our instructors. So I wanna share that out real quick. Uh, So with week four, we were looking at uh, routing and Miha came up with the idea of having students recreate shapes in nature or science such as a dna double helix or other so just think about your younger kindergarten students or younger obviously the dna helix is a little bit more advanced and she was talking about having multiple students draw tracks and then combine the tracks onto a map 
that's a, a, a bit more advanced. But when you think about the younger children, you could take them out and maybe they're drawing an apple or maybe they're drawing you know, a certain type of bird or a bug. So those are ideas. Julie and her daughter created a beautiful heart and sunflower. I think that they probably were more most successful as far as the GPS art. We had a lot of success, so they were not the only success, but I thought the sunflower had a lot of detail that the most the rest of us didn't really get. As she did uh, have uh, a couple practice runs in there, a couple failures and but they kept after it and they were successful. So check out her sunflower in the discussion area if you haven't already. Congratulations to Marvin for asking for assistance from his college daughter. Uh, I know we don't always want to ask for help, but you know, when the help's there, why not? And with the, with the GPS, it's always kind of fun to pull in family, so I would not hesitate to ask. But as a result, he came up with a great idea of having his students warm up daily by walking out an image. So when they come to class each day, or however many times they meet uh, per, during the week, they could actually warm up their bodies by drawing a piece of art, GPS art, before they actually jump into their game of basketball or you know whatever the physical activity is for that day. Wendy was having students track their routes in the school during the, throughout the school day. So she didn't have them do this, she's interested in doing this, but as students move, you track their movement throughout the school day in the school. And I thought this could bring up some interesting conversations around hallway congestion. You know, where, does, where do certain students hang out? Where do they like to take a break? Where do they eat lunch? But there might be some interesting discussions there. You do have to worry a little bit about student privacy. Think about that one. You should be okay. It's at school. And it's during the school day when they're moving from class to class. So you might discover what are the popular routes. Is there another route that might be less crowded based on the data that you collect? Mary Alice explored creating images in advance and then using a GPS to walk out the design. So I know many of you got selected a design in your mind and then went out and tried to walk the design. Mary Alice entertained the idea of doing the opposite of actually creating a drawing in GPS and then going out and using the GPS to walk the design. So that's another way you could have students participate. I know uh, one thing that keeps popping up is one group will create one image and then another group will create another image or route or scavenger hunt, GPS, geocache. So keep that in mind that anytime you do these activities, you could always have where students create and then students follow another group's work. And Mary Alice also filled us in on the comment. She really, really made it sound exciting and encouraged us all to get out and see the comment. I have not made it out. I don't know if I missed it. I think there might be one or two days left to see it. And then it's gone for like another 7,000 years, I think they've said. So if you haven't checked that comment out, try to get outside and do that. We're having thunderstorms today, so I may not get out, but I'm hoping to get a glimpse. That is it. Next week, you're going to be looking at place-based education and you'll be coming up with a final lesson to use in your classroom. Keep in mind, it is place-based and we want to focus a little bit on place-based, but a lot of times if you're using a GPS device, place-based kind of plays in. 
However, if there's something that you really, really want to do and it's not quite there, just run it by me. Uh, I've already approved a couple where they're uh, tweaking it so it fits for what they need. With uh, learning starting out almost 100% online for a lot of us, it's okay to go ahead and tweak it so you have something that you can use. And with place-based, maybe you're not taking a whole class, you're gonna be looking at students being place-based at their home and what can they do within their home or the community right around their home. So keep that in mind as we move into next week. It's been awesome. Like I said, I'd love looking at your ideas. You guys do a great job of supporting each other and building upon that. So I'm very, very excited to see what those final lesson plans will look like. We also have the uh, final paper if anyone's going for graduate credit. We've got the final paper coming up. I think I have a template for that, at least for like a Word document to get you started. So I will look for that. It's probably a few years, few years old, but I'll look for it and get that to you. Okay, well, if you haven't uh, been outside playing with your GPS, GPS this week, make sure you get out, get a little bit of exercise and some fresh air. If it's not too hot, if it's too hot for you, uh, minimize your exposure. But yeah, have a great week and we will look forward to those lesson ideas next week. Bye.